What's up, world? It is your girl, Shonda D and Naked Nikki, and we are back with another episode of Brown Liquor. Brown Liquor. So, on this episode, we are going to talk about baggage and bringing baggage from previous relationships into new relationships. How to avoid it. Um, we'll both kind of share a little bit of a story that we have from our past experiences and just have a discussion. Let's just talk about it. So before we get into the episode, as per usual, I'm going to give you guys the brown liquor drink of the week. And this week's brown liquor drink of the week is a dark and stormy. Um, For this drink, you'll need a lime some ginger beer, and some dark rum. Um, so for this for this drink specifically, this recipe um, calls for Gosling's ginger beer and Gosling's black seal rum, four ounces of ginger beer and two ounces of black rum, and a lime to dress it, to make it look nice. Are you shaking or are you stirring? I was just about to say, this one you can shake or stir. It's up to you. Because it's no soda, it's no juice. It's literally just the ginger beer and the rum. So you might not want to shake it because you don't want the beer to taste flat. I was about to say, because ginger beer do got that fizz to it, huh? Yeah. I don't really care for ginger beer. It's nasty to me. Yeah. I like ginger beer. It's all right with me. Mm. So... We actually asked our group, our interactive Facebook group that you can join, um, what topics they wanted us to discuss. So this is one of the topics that we stole from that post. And so we are just going to, like I said, discuss um, our own experiences with it and tell a little story. And as always, we always say, make sure you know your drink level, always drink responsibly. And yeah. Tonight, because I do believe it is a Friday when we are recording this, I'm getting tipsy today. And I'm tired. I'm motherfucking tired. Been a long week. And I'm about to get naked with y'all. So, I'm not going to drink responsibly, but I am at home. I am going to sip, sip, and sip while I get in the detail about, you know, shit that I'm always doing. I'm always into something. So, what am I kicking this off? Or are you kicking this off? What we doing? So, do you want to tell the story first? Do you want to give some background first? Background on me or the situation? On the situation. Interview me real quick. On the situation. What was the what was the relationship that the baggage was brought into? And then we'll go we'll go in from, from there. there. Okay. So with me, uh I wanna say that once again, I'm uh home from prison and uh I'm dating a young lady matter of fact the young lady guys if y'all been listening to the podcast the young lady that actually gave me trichomonas like remember I said that we stayed together but for real for real the relationship was over uh after that I was just holding on to holding on to some strings so um I'm not going to say that I carried that baggage into a new relationship, but that was my exit for me to be like, okay, I need to start dating someone new. Um, 
I want to say a couple of months later after that incident happened. I'll say about six months later, not a couple of months, about six months later. It took me about six months to really, you know what I mean? Like, all right, I'm going to go ahead, get up out of here and I'm going to date someone else. Uh, but once I started dating someone else, it got, mm, it, it, it got real, real and it got real, mm, I'm not going to say messy. I'm, yes, I am. I'm going to say it got messy for me emotionally because the young lady that I was dating after um, that whole mess, she was a really good person. She was a lot younger than me. I definitely had her. Uh, I was probably about 12 years, maybe, maybe even a little bit more than that. I was like in my early 30s. Uh I'll say my mid-30s. She was in her early 20s. Like, she was probably, like, 21. I was probably, like, 32. Like, when I say she was young, like, she was young. But she was a very, very good person. She definitely, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, matched my swag at the time and my mind frame where I was at. And I feel like I was a good fit for her. But as we were dating is when the baggage hit me. And when I say baggage, I'm going to talk about uh, just losing someone that I was with previously before me and her got together. So before I was incarcerated, I did date a young lady uh, who was in the same type of lifestyle that I was in. We both hustled. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We both you know, held down the streets, made our own money, and I was very, very attracted to her. Uh our relationship, you know what I'm saying, was good. She was a bisexual woman, once again. So she loved me, but she loved her baby's, uh, well, she loved her kid's father. I hate saying baby daddy or baby mama. I feel like that's just so uh, cliche. But she loved her uh, child's father, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, more than, I'm not going to say that she loved him more than me. Well, no, I am. I'm going to say that because she, she wanted to be with him. She had a whole idea in her mind that, you know, she wanted to be like her parents. Her parents were married for 25 years, and that was the same thing that she wanted for her family. So I couldn't doubt that. But I loved her. She loved me, and we definitely had a special kind of connection. Uh, and in the midst of, I want to say maybe a year in, I don't know if me and the girl that I was dating was a year in or not. I can't even remember it. Because uh, it's kind of like a traumatizing experience. But we were dating for a while. If It it, it had to be at least six months to a year that we were dating. Uh, but my ex-girlfriend, she ended up getting murdered. And it was like uh, right after that, I had another ex-girlfriend that I had dated years ago as well that had, you know... She played a very significant part in my life and my son's life as he was growing up. Um, so when she passed away, it hurt me, but it hurt my son more. And I really didn't know how to deal with that. So when she passed and my ex got murdered, it was like I went on a little bit of a whirlwind. Now, while I was with my my current girlfriend, uh, you know, I think this was a, a question too in a group, you know, do you stay in contact with your ex-girlfriends? Um, 
that particular one that got murdered, yes, we talked. That was my friend. That was my girl. We had actually had made plans to hook up. Yeah, I, I want to say like maybe a month before. I'll say like maybe a month or two before she actually got murdered. And I stood down and I did not go and meet her because I knew how we were. I could hear it in her voice, like if we did see each other, that I probably would have ended up cheating on the girl that I was currently with. And I didn't want to do that because I already knew, you know what I mean, that she really like, it just was that term oil type of situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew it wouldn't lead to nowhere, so I didn't want to mess up my current situation. So I'm like, okay, I know what it is. Let me go ahead and stay away. But that was literally the last time that I talked to her. And I felt guilty, you know what I mean, about not not doing that meetup. So you had two exes back to back that passed away. That passed away. Okay. Yeah. Basically, like within a month's time, I want to say, um, my one ex girlfriend was murdered in August, and my other girlfriend had passed away. Uh, I want to say June. Mm-hmm. Heart attack in the hospital. Like, who, who does that? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to ba- basically stay away from Presby Hospital in uh, in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, definitely went down like that. Um, so, how did, how did the emotions from that spill over into the new relationship? Okay. Yeah, because you, you got to keep me from rambling. She was just... The current girl that I was dating... She just was, she was, like I said, she was a good girl. I've always been a drinker and uh, maybe at the time, like I had a hold on it or I wasn't drinking as much, but once that came into play and I was going to them funerals and I was going through the motions, I did start drinking a lot. I did become a little bit more distant. And like I said, she was a lot younger than I was. So... I felt like I was bringing her down. You know what I mean? Like my energy um, and everything that I was going through, which at that time was just, you know, I'll say collective emotions going into that bag full of baggage that I was throwing across my back and I was carrying. And I was just starting to, to, to stem out of control. Uh, I don't think I was really honest with her neither. Just like about my emotions. Like I was hurt. I was really like I was fucked up. And I really did not know how to express it. You know what I'm saying? Nobody really understood. To me, I felt like nobody understood how I was feeling. Um, the, My one ex-girlfriend, the one, you know what I'm saying, who played a, a significant role in my life and my son's life. When she passed away, like we we really weren't on good terms, but my son really, you know what I'm saying, cared about her, you know what mm. I'm saying? So me not being there for him, it was very selfish of me. And like I said, I didn't really know how to deal with it. So that kind of like put a strain on me and my son's relationship. So that was another bag, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that was going in that bag of baggage that I was putting on my back and I was carrying. And my my girl, you know what I'm saying? She's just there trying to support. And I, 
I don't know. I wish I could have a conversation with her now, but she she won't even talk to me. But uh, I just basically really just broke up with her. I felt bad. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I personally had too much baggage and I was too old and I did not want to inflict my pain mm-hmm. on her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been in situations and I dated older people who were going through things and you knew what that se, felt like. I knew what it, yeah, I, I basically knew what it felt like and I did not want to, you know, project any of my baggage on her. Uh, I never had a conversation with her about it. You might as well say I just kind of like cut her off. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like she doesn't talk to me. Because like, bitch, she's probably like, you never even gave me a chance Mm -hmm. to, you know, like even if I wanted to stay or if I wanted to be there. But, uh, you know, that was, I feel like one of of the best relationships that I did have. And like I said, like she was really cool. And... Because of all the baggage that I was carrying around and I didn't know how to express myself, I let that go. And I definitely paid for it because the next three females that I dated after that, oh, tore me up, spit me out. It was karma. <laughs> it was karma, but it was another learning experience as well that we may talk about later on down the line. But did you feel like after experiencing all the loss that... Like, did you ever consider therapy, talking to someone or, you know, so that you could kind of release some of that baggage or work through it? After, after a couple of months, I'll say. We buried, we buried my ex-girlfriend that was murdered in August. I'll say mid September. I'll say a month, a month on down the line because I was start. I, I I was starting a new job. I had uh, no, it wasn't a month later. See, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it was a year later, to the month. For that whole year, after the deaths, I broke up with. You know, what I'm saying a young girl that I was dating. I did end up getting right back into a relationship. I want to say a couple of months after that, uh, after I broke up with her and after everything happened, um, I ended up talking to somebody else and you might as well say, I just stuffed the feelings and I stuffed the baggage and I dove into the new relationship. I dove into the new job and basically like everything was cool, but I was drinking and I was drinking heavy (laughs) The young lady that I was dating at the time, you know what I'm saying? She, in the beginning, you know what I'm saying? When, you know, when you meeting somebody, you don't really, you know, see it, catch it. I think a couple of months later on down the line, she start noticing, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, like, you do be drinking a lot. Mm -hmm. And anxiety kicked in, but I didn't know anything about anxiety at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't want her to go anywhere. Like, I used to be scared. Like, damn, like, if she leave, is she going to come back? Is she going to pass away? Is she going to die or something? Mm, so, I see what you mean. Yeah, because I kept losing people. And then, and, and in the midst, too, like, I, I, I left out, you know what I'm saying, somebody else that passed away. But somebody else close had passed away to me as well. But I can't get into that. I got to keep it focused on that. So, I was dealing with a lot of loss and a lot of grief. 
and I just didn't know how to channel it. So the the new girl that I was dating at the time is the one that was catching hell mm-hmm. because any move that she made, I was right there. Yo, what you doing? Where you going? Mm-hmm. She's like, bitch, I'm going to the store. I need some ginger ale. You know what I'm saying? Like she just was trying to live her life, but I was just constantly on her. And at the time, I still didn't get it. She was telling me, though, you need to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't getting it. You know what I mean? I didn't actually get it until she broke up with me. And she did. She broke up with me because I was was going, like, the anxiety was on 100. Once again, at that time, I didn't know it was anxiety. I just was tripping. I was tripping about every little thing. I was drinking 90 miles going west. One minute I was cool with her. The next minute I wasn't cool with her. I didn't realize what I was really doing to her until she had a discussion with me later on down the line. Mm-hmm. Like, yo. And then one day, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I snapped out on her and said, oh, I'm breaking up with you, whatever, whatever. And she didn't take me back. Like, she would take me back. Like, I would mm-hmm. snap out, oh. And she'd be like, all right, Nikki, get shit together. Go talk to somebody. Boom, boom, boom. And... You know what I'm saying? She just got sick of my shit. And uh, so, looking back on the situation, how would you cope or deal with your baggage to avoid hurting somebody that you love, hurting somebody that you cared about? That's when the therapy came in. Um, and now I'm not afraid to go to therapy because before I was like, I ain't gonna go talk to nobody. What the hell are they gonna do for me? Um, but after she left. Uh, at first it was, I'm not going to say it was a plot, but I felt like it was a strategy for me to get her back. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, let me go ahead and talk to somebody. But before that had even came about, because I had said it out of my mouth, but I still didn't do it. I didn't do it until, um, I was just probably like on a drinking binge and I got a call from my sister and my sister has said a childhood friend of mine actually killed himself. Somebody that I sat next to in church every Saturday. Like, I used to like him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But um, I was I was up drinking, crying. My life was just a fucking mess. And in the midst of all of that, you know what I'm saying? My sister called me and she told me that. And I cried and I cried some more. And I was like, before I actually hurt myself, let me get up and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's when I actually went and was like, I'm going to stop talking shit and I'm going to do it. And in uh, Pennsylvania, where I'm from, we got a place called Western Sight. And they do have an emergency room. So I uh, just got up. You know what I'm saying? Finished drinking what the hell I was drinking. And then I went and got, you know what I'm saying, some help. And while I was in there, I probably was in there, I'll probably say like eight hours. They let me go back home, you know what I'm saying? They gave me a, a, a treatment plan like, hey, we want you to go. We want you to talk to these people or whatnot, whatnot. And the reason why I went there, because when you go to like Western Psych, uh, here in Pennsylvania where I was at, they will... They'll give you service really quick. Like, mm-hmm. hey, all right, you came in. 
you need to see a therapist, you may need medication, blood work, so we're going to send you here. Two days from now, we want you to go here, do this, do that. Follow up. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So I did that. I got in a program, started talking, uh, but I was still closed off. You know what I'm saying? I was still closed off. You had your cards up. Yeah, but I was still willing to do the work. And that's where I found out that I was having anxiety. Um, just, you know what I'm saying? And that I was basically uh, traumatized because of all of the death that I was going through at that at that time. Um, they had gave me some medication that I did not take. I am not good with taking pills. But I tried, though. You know what I mean? But the therapy itself, I did go. And while I was sitting in therapy, and I had to go three times a week. It was extensive. I uh, ended up taking an FMLA from work. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I really didn't tell friends and family what was going on. I don't even know if I told my best friend. She may have known, like, after the fact, but it was just something private that I needed to do. And while I was sitting in therapy, I want to say maybe a month, month and a half later, is when I actually found the courage to publish my books. Because mm-hmm. I was sitting in there and I was listening to everybody tell their story. And it just clicked, like, you need to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Everything that you going through, you need to put all that energy into publishing your book so that you can feel better. And that's how uh, I ended up publishing my first book. And that's how I ended up dealing with all of the baggage that, you know what I'm saying, I was carrying and that I had, well, that I had collected and that I was carrying. So, you know, I went through my crying process. I went through my drinking process. I went through therapy, and then I took all of that and just poured it into my work. Like, I kept going to therapy after that, but once I really went into, like, work mode and went in a, you know what I'm saying, be a published author, that's what, you know what I'm saying, my motivation was Mm -hmm. to be better. So, I. The very first book that I wrote, you know what I'm saying? I wrote that book in prison and it changed my life. And when I was going through everything that I was going through, when I came home and published it, which was five years later, uh, it saved my life again. You know what I'm saying? That work, me wanting to get that out there, mm-hmm. uh, fueled that. So, Twist of Fate, you know what I'm saying, was was definitely a healer. Um I'm still working through. I'm still a working process when it comes to baggage. Uh, with the relationship that I have with you, I can identify my baggage that I have now. And, you know what I'm saying, my strengths and my weaknesses. And I can also be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you know a lot. Um, you probably learned maybe a little bit more from this conversation as of right now, but I've been pretty honest and open. Yeah, I've learned with more you. detail, but we've had these conversations. Right. So as far as you know what I'm saying, baggage, everything that I've been through in past relationship I've learned. I would never, you know what I'm saying, short side you if I was ever feeling a certain type of way. I would always come to you if I feel like if I if 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 it's getting too heavy for me or if I got anything going on in my personal life that I'm not sharing with you. I do know that therapy is an option. You know what I'm saying? I'm a lot older now, so I know the proper steps 
to take. And I mean, I, I definitely want to lose you or this relationship that I have here right now. So as far as, you know, containing the baggage or processing through any new baggage or anything like that, I'm a lot better with it than I was five to ten years ago. So basically you think the the key is communication. Being able to talk to your partner and be open and be honest, like you said. Yes, I do believe that's one of the keys, but the major key is being open and honest with, with yourself. yourself. Yeah. Because if you can't see that you're doing any damage, then you don't see that, you know what I'm saying, anything needs to be rectified. You have to see personally, like, right. okay, I'm fucking up. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. For you to be able and willing to even start doing to the work. start doing the work or to fix it. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you got to be stripped down, bare naked. You know what I'm saying? For you to get that, I feel like that's where the young lady that I was dating, um, you know what I'm saying? After I had walked out on the good girl, you know what I'm saying? Not saying that the the, lady, the young lady that I was dating after that wasn't the good girl because she was. And I really, really, you know what I'm saying, was like, boom, we were the same sign, so we both were Scorpio. So, you know, that was some intense, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We had a very intense relationship, and I did. I cared about her a lot. So, when she actually walked out, it was like, oh, It became man. real for you. It became real, yeah, yeah. And like I said, at first, you know what I'm saying, I was, I was doing the change because I wanted to get her back. It still wasn't for me. It didn't come until later on down the line when I was having that conversation with my sister. I really realized, like, I don't want to be in here drinking and, you know what I'm saying, I accidentally take too many pills or take the wrong pill or something to that effect. And, you know what I'm saying, don't wake up or, you know what I'm saying, like, suicide is real. Depression is real. Let me get up and do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my situation is kind of more relative to our relationship. And first, I'll preface it by saying, as a Sagittarius, we tend to push people away naturally when we feel like they're getting too close because it's a defense mechanism for us. Like, we don't like to... We don't... We're not people that just open up naturally to people so when we do when we give ourselves to people it's like I really do like you and care about you and I trust you enough to give you these pieces of me so prior to our relationship you already know I was engaged Mm -hmm. and that whole situation was a situation all in itself (laughs) and it, it really did hurt me like it it really did hurt me. It took a lot out of me because of just what happened in the situation. Um, to give a little bit of background, basically, I was engaged. The engagement was called off. I didn't find out until after everybody else knew but me. And I found out when I was at work. And I found out from my wedding planner. And um yeah, it was a very traumatic experience because I was the t- I am the type of person that prior to our relationship, I never really saw myself wanting to be married. So for me to even be engaged and put on somebody's ring was a big step for me. And um 
I did. I took a lot of time to heal from that situation before I met you. I think it was like almost a year and a half before we even met that that situation had happened, um, that it was over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still very raw and it was still very real for me. Like, and so when we went, once we made it official, I know that you would, you would say like, you tend to bring up your ex a lot. And it wasn't because I was trying to like talk about her or like, like use that as examples. I don't know, but it was just more so like, like I said, the pain was just still kind of raw for me. You were still holding on. I wasn't holding on to it though. No, you were holding on to it. Can I, can I be honest? Yeah. Yeah, like, no, like, you was holding on to it. There was a lot of comparison, you know what I'm saying, from your ex to me, you know what I mean? Like, we got into, like, we've gotten into, like, what, one or two arguments, but out of those one or two arguments, I was always compared to her, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to go into significant detail, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. But in some sort of way, like, it was, hey, like, are you going to do this, like, how she did this? Or, oh, now you're doing the same thing that she did, you know what I mean? And just from, like, small conversations that we would have, like, yeah, like, you were basically, like, con- like comparing us, you know what I'm saying? You, it, it, it's still, I don't know, like, if it's still her, like, I don't want to say, you know what I'm saying, how you felt, you know what I mean, if you said it, it was a year and a half, year and a half, that's some, that, that's some good time, but sometimes you're still like maybe a little strained to where you're still holding on, you know what I mean, and you would, you, you was on it for a couple of months until I really said something about it, like, babe, you, you know, you, you compare us a lot, or, um, you know what I'm saying? You always got something to say, like, about, about, about your ex. To where, like, I had to bring it to your attention because it was, uh, it was starting to make me feel a certain time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I wanted to put my adult panties on. You know what I'm saying? My depends. But once you did bring it to my attention, it definitely... You, you checked it. Yeah. You checked it. Because I don't want you to feel, I never want you to feel like, like I am comparing you to her because if I was like, if y'all two were similar, we would not be together. <laughs> so and, 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 and I get that, and and you said that, and that's where my like that's where I was starting to get angry at because I'm nothing, you know what I'm saying, like her. And I think that it wasn't about just because of my loyalty to you, right? And I th- I, I don't think it was about comparing y'all. I think it was about comparing the experiences or the way it made me feel like whatever we were arguing about or whatever we would be going through, it would be like, well, this is like this situation. Mm -hmm. So that's what Mm -hmm. it was for me. And it was like, you're making me feel like this same situation that happened. So that was kind of like the baggage that I... It was definitely emotional baggage. Right, right. Definitely emotional baggage. And, and, and that's basically like what it was. Like you're hitting it right there on the nail. And I, and that's what was making 
you know what I mean, like, be a little bit angry, like, nah, bitch, like, I'm my own person. I'm mm-hmm. getting on your nerves from my own stem. Yeah. Because, you and know, I love you, and I love to get on your nerves. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I know I do. Give me a kiss. Oh, God. Could y'all so, hear that? Could y'all hear that kiss? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, sometimes people's baggage can be defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that's healthy, because it's not. But I feel like sometimes people's baggage can be defense. Like, you may not want to admit it. You may not see it. Mm-hmm. You, you may, may not want to deal with it. Yeah, you may not want to deal with, with whatever those emotions are that's, that are being brought up in you. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's coming from the other person that you are with, you may not want to confront them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of pieces to it. But... Is definitely something, like you said, that I, that I feel like communication can be a factor, a key factor in it. Because, if, like I, like we said, if you can't talk to your partner, be open with your partner, be honest with your partner, it's almost like, what are you doing? Right, right. And that's why I feel like the young lady that I was dating at the time, the little young buck, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to her, too. If she ever listened to this, like, she'll definitely know who she is. Um... But I wasn't ready. I want to say like she was more mature than I was because I did not know how to communicate. Even though I was the older person in the relationship, I didn't know how to communicate. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't going to work with us anyway because I did not know how to communicate. I was, uh, I feel like, for real, for real, I was Ike Turner without the hands. I didn't have, I wasn't mouthy, but just because... I did not know how to communicate and I did not know how to talk. I feel like that is a great weapon as well. You know what I mean? I was never, I never try to be mean at the mouth because I've been in a relationship like that. That's something we're definitely going to have to talk right. about. You I know what I'm saying? To. So I'm not, you know, an abusive person by mouth or anything like that. But the decisions that I was making, you know what I mean? Like the drinking and just the not talking and the shutting down. Like, it's just not healthy. Right. It wasn't healthy at all. And that was one of the reasons why I walked away. And But like I said, I should have at least been able to communicate with her and tell her how I feel. Uh, to give her a heads up. Like, I just basically left baby girl out there to, you know what I'm saying? Hunger up to dry. Hunger up to dry, yeah. And she doesn't, she doesn't not talk to me, honey. She don't even talk to nobody in my family. I'm like, damn, I made you that mad boo. But like, I get it. I get it. And you know, I I, I should apologize. I really should. I really should. Um, I don't know. If she's listening, you can apologize. I don't know if she's listening. Well, but which is like keep it moving. Yeah, I mean, because we here <laughs> now. I, I mean, we are here, and you ain't going nowhere. nowhere. So you, it don't even. I mean, sorry, sis, but we here. <laughs> okay, so don't do it like that. I apologize I, from the heart. From the heart. <laughs> but um, we, uh, of course, like we always say, you know, we want to educate you guys. We definitely feel like it's important to talk about because a lot of people tend to hold on to relationships and be in relationships that aren't serving them mm-hmm. and they don't know how to end relationships because of the baggage, because they don't want to hurt the other person, because of their own insecurities, 
because everybody else in their life done left them. So they don't want to, you know, project that onto somebody, somebody else. else. Right. All of that is baggage. Ooh, you're right. And I've done that too. I've definitely held on. Yeah. Hands bleeding. I held on in relationships that I shouldn't have held on to either. Like, you know when a relationship is over. Right. And people will still just hold on just because, like... Oh, I don't feel like starting ever. Right. Shit. And all of that Maybe is... it'll get better. Yeah. All of that is a form of baggage. So, here we are with the baggage information. The baggage episode. Baggage claim. Ooh. Is that what we're going to call it? Yes, that's what the name of this episode is going to be. Right. Sometimes, though, I'll say this, when we are carrying a lot of baggage, and this is for black folks. I'm not going to say this is for black folks. I'm going to say this is for all folks. Right. It's okay to talk to someone. It is okay to go to therapy. To go to therapy. And everybody <laughs> always, you know, as, as being, you know, as we're raised, we're raised to go to church. We're raised to pray about, pray it. about it. We're right. raised to give it to God. We can definitely give it to God. But sometimes we do have to go and we do have to talk to other people. I want to say, you know, strangers that can give us, you know, some honest feedback of what it is that we should do and give us a moment of right. clarity so that we can heal, adjust, and move on. Somebody, somebody that. that's, that's not biased, that right. don't know you, that's why that don't know your history, your past. Of course, you're going to share those things with them. But and I'm I'm biased because I'm a psychology major, so I'm all for therapy. But you can pray and go to therapy too. Yeah, I do both. You can pray and go to therapy too, and I I feel like it's important to stress therapy mm-hmm. in the black community, especially the LGBTQIA plus black community because. There's a lot going on already there. There's a lot of intersectionality that that's goes on just being a queer, black, or brown individual. So, please, y'all, if you feel like you need it, please go to therapy mm-hmm. and release your baggage. Let, let that baggage go because you can't flourish in a new relationship. You can't flourish... In life, holding on to old things is just gonna weigh you down. That's it's baggage. It's gonna weigh you down. Mm-hmm. So you gotta find ways to get rid of that, release that, and let it go. Right. Because you will definitely miss out on something good in your life. Holding on. Holding to, on to, to that, that baggage. baggage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and God can't bless you when you holding on to right. all of that baggage, man. When I finally had let it go. Like I said, I was just sitting there in the midst of the, uh, of the therapy group and everybody was telling their story. And I was like, God damn it, everybody telling their story. Like, I need to tell mine. Mm-hmm. I need the world to know, you know what I'm saying, what's going on like with me. Twist the fate. I guess yeah. we're going to have to, yeah, we're going to definitely have to, uh, you know, give y'all guys some information that, uh, as far as like my publishing company. Um, Twist of Fate is the, one of my favorite books. The I love the it. It's very, it's very real, intricate, raw. <laughs> We're doing a uh, an anniversary edition as as we speak right now. It's been it's been out and released for five years, but 
that will always be a special part of me because it did. That was my moment of clarity right there. And that book, it that book, it brought my family back together. Me and my family, uh, like our family was just basically like in a little bit of turmoil at that time. So like the family had baggage. It. The family had baggage, yeah. A lot of us wasn't speaking. There was only three of us. You know what I'm saying? I got a sister and I got a brother and then there was my mom, you know, that passed away. And we all have kids. And you know what I'm saying? We were arguing and we were bickering within the family. And my mom was sick and she she didn't want us to be arguing and bickering. So, you know, when I published the book, I was able to get all of our, you know what I'm saying, all of us there in one room to where we can talk, laugh, hail, move on. It was just it was just a great uh a great time. Twist of fate is just like really like that rock mm-hmm. of me, you know, changing my life not once but twice. Like I absolutely love it, man. I need y'all guys to go ahead and read that and support that as well. Yeah, and if you are a follower of the podcast, um, you'll hear me do a commercial on emotional fiction. So that's what the publisher company is, and that's where you can find Twist of Fate, emotionalfictionpublishing.com. Publishingfirm.com. Emotionalfictionpublishingfirm.com. Yeah. Or you can hit us up. If you want to order it, hit us up. Um, we're always open and available. Right. There's also several books, and we do publish authors as well. But it got to be emotional, though. Everything that I put my hands on and I touch when it comes to publishing it has to be emotional. It has to be moving. It has to, you know what I'm saying, be able to set its place in this world. We do accept all genres as well. All right, y'all. So make sure you follow our Instagram page, Brown Liquor. Make sure you join our interactive Facebook group because we right. can do way more things on Facebook than we can on Instagram. And we be going wild in the group, y'all. Right. Y'all got to tune in, too, because we, um, we got my girl on there she's showing us how to make homemade straps uh just in case <laughs> you were you with your girl and she looking at that one strap that you got like Mm-mm, we just, ain't using that just in case you in a pickle in the pickle i like it in the pickle just in case you in the pickle we're gonna show you how to wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you join our interactive facebook group make That's sure what, brown you liquor too right yes this brown, called liquor. brown liquor and um, make sure you rate and review the podcast. If you like it, feel free to share it with your friends, with your LGBTQIA friends. You can share it with straight people. The A is for allies. So right. share it with straight people that need to be educated. They might have some baggage that they need to get off their chest. Right. And they may feel more comfortable getting it off their chest as they listen to this episode. So, right. And we um, we have some episodes that will be coming up, you know about family members who, you know, their loved ones came out and how they felt. I feel like we never, you know, touch on that or we never ask our family members, how do you feel about me coming out? We right. just come out and then, you know, your family members have to deal with it's it. Like and they, sometimes right. that, that could be a lot for right. somebody. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right, you guys, we will see you guys again next week. We almost are done with season one. But until next time... Don't forget to lick that split. Peace. Do you have a story to tell and don't know where to start? 
have questions about self-publishing, hit up Emotional Fiction Publishing Firm for all your publishing needs. Follow at Emotional Fiction Publishing on Instagram or Emotional Fiction Publishing Firm on Facebook to get started now.